Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, episode 675. And today I'm really excited. I am blessed with the opportunity to have as a guest the happy, impressive, way cool international millionaire, Rashid Huda, who has come to teach us about his version and thoughts about creating the ultimate life. Welcome to the show, Rashid. Thank you. Honored to be here. I'm grateful to know Rashid. I've I've had the opportunity to know him for several months now and to work with him a bit. I had a chance to appear on his show, too, and talking about how we need to embrace our true selves. And and as you see in the background, if you're watching the video, embrace your inner weirdo. And I love the fact that he talks like that because often we think we're weird. So do you think you're weird, Rashid? Absolutely, without any doubt. Without any doubt, he's weird. So he's given you permission to think whatever you want, I suppose. All right. So one of the first things I like to ask is in creating the ultimate life, I had to give it a definition. And so I said, the ultimate life is creating a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your divine gifts. How do you view the ultimate life? What's your definition of having the ultimate life? My definition of the ultimate life would be creating what I call a freedom lifestyle, which is to organize your work in such a way that it allows you to live being the weirdo that you are. Organize your life in such a way that it allows you to live being the weirdo that you are. So tell me more. Because I know you do things to add good to the world and to create help and joy for others. So what is the weirdo that you are? Are you? You're, I'm assuming you're creating the life so you can live being the authentic version of yourself. Tell us more about what that is. Well, um, I just turned 68 earlier this month. And I have lived for the most part the way I have wanted to. Not all of them were happy, but it was my decision. Not other people were happy about it, but all of that is what what it boils down to is you have a choice to create your own life the way you see it correctly because nobody else can do it. And by living the life that you want to live the life that you're meant to live, you're adding to the world in a way that nobody else can. Well, there's some really powerful things there. Uh, One, you, as you live the life that you, well, first of all, you get to create your own life. That's a powerful truth. Many never really believe or click to. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I... That has been my experience with most people, yes. Yeah, me too. And what you also said is that often 
you're going to get external resistance, people who don't like it, who don't agree, who have something to say, who maybe get negative or do whatever they do about it. And you have a choice to either allow that noise to distract you or to simply kindly ignore it and move forward with what you want. How hard is that to ignore? It could be uh, as hard as you would, would make it. And I did for a long period of time, made it very hard uh, to do that. But that was also got me to a place where I said, no more. So why does why do we why do we let it be hard to ignore those who have no right to tell us how to live or what to do and really have no knowledge because they don't really know the inner outer workings of our life anyway. So they don't have any business doing it, but we let it be hard. Why do we do that? I I would say I don't know the exact answer, but I can tell you why I did that. Is Please. Because I cared too much about the people that were expecting things from me that I felt at times that I owed it to them uh, for various reasons. Part of that being the commitment that I had made to to them. Part of it being I felt um, obligated, you know, you have this feeling about your parents where you feel that you owe it to them for bringing you into this world and allowing you to become who you are. So all of those things did play a role in it. And it got to a point uh, that when I realized that it was time to move on and be true to myself rather than trying to uh, accommodate everybody else, uh, I did that. And that was about, what, 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Wow. So 57, you're a little later than I did. I did that at 52. It's interesting that it was that long. So what I heard you say is we have a false sense of obligation. And there's no question that we have obligations. We create them. And when we make commitments, we should keep our commitments. But at the same time, we allow others' expectations to invent commitments for us. So people expect, and I, as you know, I have a name for that, Wittot, what I think others think, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have this invented set of commitments that stem, I, I thought I heard you say, from what we think or even what others say they expect of us, which is different than things we have considered and in that consideration made a commitment to do. Correct. And part of the liberation then is choosing to evaluate your commitments and the expectations and then chart your own course. Is that what I heard you say? Yes, sir. Okay, good. I totally agree with that. So I have a question. <clears throat> There's a million... Uh, There's a million, at least a million, maybe more, coaches and consultants and people online who talk about do what you love and the money will follow, tell your story, make an impact, live authentically, and say the same words that I say, that you say, and uh, they draw on that yearning that we all have to be true to who we believe we are, yet we know the failure rate is spectacular. The number of people actually follow through on those kinds of commitments and actually say yes and do the work 
are small. Uh, the estimated completion rate of online courses is 5% or something. So the question I have for you is, do you really believe it's possible to create your ultimate life as you've described it, or is that all just hype? Oh, it's absolutely possible. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Tell me more. I want to hear more about that. What it takes is is a commitment. And one of my favorite um, quotes is by um, W.H. Murray, uh, who led the Scottish uh, Himalayan team way back when. But it's called Commitment. And there's one line in it that I sum it up, the whole thing sums it up, that when one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. Wow, that's a powerful statement. I want the listeners to ruminate on that for a minute. When one definitely commits oneself, providence, the unseen, the universe, God, moves also. Yes. So that means two things. Go ahead, finish. And he he talks about all the unseen, unexpected, miraculous uh, connections and resources that showed up that stemmed from that one definite commitment that he uh, sums it up. Wow. So that means that means that you and you listeners, me, Rashid, everybody, you have the ability to motivate and the and access the power of God, the infinite, the universe, providence. Is that what you're saying? Exactly what I'm saying. So imagine that for a minute. Because if you th- you sit and think, you have the power to flip a switch that causes things to be activated. And Thoreau said something similar in Walden Pond, you know, when move confidently in the direction of your dreams and then uh, it's a long quote, but he basically right. said new cool stuff happens, <laughs> right? Same thing, a lot longer and more elegant than that. But so tell us, please, some things that you have experienced where you have made a definite commitment and you have seen providence move. Give us a couple examples that to you illustrates the truth of that statement. Well, I had always wanted to travel extensively quite a bit, as much as possible. And uh, when we first got married, my wife and I talked about it. And I had this idea that we could travel. I love photography. I can take pictures. I love writing. I can write articles. And we could earn a living doing that way while we were traveling. This was 30-some years ago. Uh, it did not materialize for various reasons, and at some point in time, we both came to under- realize that it may never happen, and we kind of made an unspoken, well, it wasn't spoken, but not necessarily written agreement that when the children goes off to college, when they're finished with the high school, we'll go our separate ways. And I did that, and it was not exactly the way I had planned it, but life never works out the way you plan it. I moved out the, from the apartment and into my minivan. I built a little 
platform from materials I bought at Home Depot, put a foam mattress on it, put my belongings in, in little tubs, and they were underneath the bed, and I hit the road. And for nine and a half years, I traveled the U.S., visited all 48 lower states, and earned a living giving away balloon animals. Because when I gave away balloons, people gave away money. So I, I, <clears throat> I love that. And you'd mentioned something to me about it in another conversation. So you, you made a commitment that you, you didn't think your partnership worked anymore, and so you went your separate ways. And you filled your commitment to travel. You had thought about doing photography and writing, but you decided instead to be a balloon artist and create joy with people's birthdays and parties and celebrations. And people paid you to do that, and that allowed you for nearly a decade to travel and do the things you wanted to do. Why, why was that so much fun for you to make that? happen why was it so much fun because i have always enjoyed children uh i am a i have a certificate in montessori education and i taught uh, children in the montessori settings at our religious center uh this was years ago but i've always loved kids i was a cub scout leader so I enjoyed the company of children, and I can be like them when it comes down to it. So that's, that was one of the reasons it was so much fun, because that's who, who I am. And the other reason it was so much fun was because I got, took this philosophy that came from a little button that I bought at a you know, party supply place, it said balloons are for kids of all ages. <laughs> I'm hearing you say two. No, continue. It looks like you had another piece to say. Go. Yeah. So uh, I had, I had, uh, my oldest customer was 92 years old. Well, let me rephrase that. The cust customer was 94 years old. The recipient was 92 years old, which was his wife. And every time they saw me, he wanted me to make a balloon flower. And he would take it from me and present it to her. And they'd been married for 70 years the last time I saw them. Okay, so this is very touching for me because probably because I have had such bad luck with marriages, married and divorced three times. So the woman I'm with now is an angel, and so that will be forever. But my first pile of stuff didn't work so well. So I'm hearing two things. It allowed you to, to serve those people that you love serving, children with their innocence and joy, and you got to be with them and be a child with them, create joy and fun for them by making balloons. And then the button expressed it to all of our joyful, innocent nature, which was reflected in the 94-year-old man giving his 92-year-old wife balloons every time he saw you. And that's, uh, you know, sometimes that innocent joy is the most powerful, most beautiful thing that we can experience. And we, we give it up so often and so easily because of what other people think and what we're supposed to do and all the rest of that, right? Correct. Right. 
So here's what I know. Like always, our time, because these episodes are short, we're nearly done. But I need to ask you one more thing. I know that today, part of your work, one of the things you do, maybe you're still doing balloons for people too, but one of the things you're doing is coaching people to help them understand that when they move with confident decision, divine providence moves. They can have the life of freedom that you're talking about and live in their gifts and talents. So I'd like you to describe that a little and then tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to. Well, the key to what you describe uh, as to, but as far as my coaching goes, is to help them, what I call, achieve a quantum leap. Uh, quantum leap in, not as in the TV series, quantum leap, but quantum leap as in uh, particle physics. And John, um, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but essentially when a, an electron is heated and it gets energy added to its, itself, it stays in the same orbit until it has enough energy to survive or move on to the next one, and it does. It right. goes from lower uh, orbit to the higher orbit. But the most interesting thing is that there's no trail of the travel, it instantaneously ceases to exist here and starts existing up here. And that's what I call a quantum leap or a paradigm shift where your mind change, you, you, you have a thought process that suddenly a light bulb goes on and you're not the same person anymore. And that's my goal. That's my uh idea of helping people get to that level where they go, ah, and I experienced that this morning uh, working with, with a client and who was trying to, wanting to quit her job so she could continue doing, she, she can do what she wanted to, but mm -hmm. she had to work at the job uh, because she needed the money coming in. And so I've been working with her for four or five weeks, and we've talked about various things. And I suggested a solution to her, which just lit her up. Because mm -hmm. what she realized is that instead of working 20 hours at a job that she doesn't really much care about, she could spend three to four hours doing what she does and create the same income but it, it took a paradigm shift for her to be able to see that it, it was possible. Fabulous. So tell me how people can find you. What's the best way to find you? And then we'll wrap. Well, my website, which is under construction, uh, there is stuff there, but it's still in under work, is called mrweirdo.com. And you have to spell it all out, M-I-S-T-E-R-W-E-I-R-D-O.com. MrWeirdo.com. Perfect. Right. You can find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash MrWeirdo. Again, you have to spell it out. Same thing on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn.com uh, 
slash Mr. Weirdo. Thank you. Delightful to have you here today, and I appreciate you coming and being with us today. It was a pleasure, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts. You bet. So today, I want you to listen to this again, because the idea of a quantum leap or a state change is important. It's real. I've experienced them. I've helped others experience them, and so has Rashid. And the idea that he did with the electron of something jumping from one energetic state to another without any hesitation, instantaneous transference is possible. It happens in reality in physics, and it also happens in our minds, in our spirits, and our view of what's possible. I know that you are a divine being, and you can, if you choose, make the changes and do the things necessary to create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is your ultimate life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.